you know, they say when it rains, it pours. I'm in a damn typhoon, man. And I was really hoping today was going to be nice and pleasant, you know, being Sunday and all. And I got quite a lot of things done. I'm not taking a pain pill. I fell on my shoulder in the garage, and I ain't telling nobody about it. The only people that's going to know about it is y'all. Y'all can't tell on me, so it is what it is. At least I didn't hit my head. My shoulder kind of hurts because I fell on the riding lawnmower. <clears throat> all my weight on my right shoulder. So uh, I'm going to roll this blunt up. It's almost time for me to draw my curtains before the white neighbors across the way start doing a peeping Tom thing and shit. And it lets you know that they like staring in your window too. It kind of creeps me out. Creep Nini out too, but not really much I can do about it. Bree came over today. Uh, she uh, she helps out with my auntie. Does uh, our laundry and stuff like that. And she had made a suggestion that now that you know her and grandbaby and took all the Nini's clothes and they left me some in there because I said just leave me some of her stuff it still smells like her and so she suggested that I finish transferring clothes to my room into my grandparents room and utilize both closets since took all of her stuff and, you know that sounded like a, a swell idea right till I had an arm full of clothes and I, I woke over on her side of the room and still smells like her that side of the room still smells like my doll so I, I really don't want to try to interrupt it. Uh, I had a hard time hanging those clothes. What's the matter, Venus? Your nose stopped up? What's your matter, Precious? Hold on a second. She just came from outside. And, you know, she's so low to the ground. Yeah, I hear you, sweetie. I got to ask the vet. Is there like a little doggy antihistamine that I could give you and stuff? And they can, you know, give me a prescription that I get you for. Cause I'm not going to give you nothing for humans. You know, I hear you down there snorting, sweetie. I'm sorry. Papa's sorry. Does that feel better? Mm. 
She's so adorable. I just don't like my dogs uncomfortable. And the funny thing is, I thought I had closed the door when I went out to the garage. But apparently it didn't latch. It was just on the striker. And a split second after little nosy butt here heard the me hitting lawnmower with all that commotion in there. Like in grand fashion, she opened the door. Come out there. She couldn't help me up, but I guess she was going to supervise me getting up all right. Couldn't just jump up because shit was still hurting by the time she came. He's Johnny on the spot. And then the little one came behind her, so they were both watching out for their papa. You know, lay down, you want me to, you know, let me, uh, we cover you up. You ain't got the air conditioner on. You know, I don't want the cold. They like it when I cover them up, too. Especially really thing close to Hey, Venus, you want Papa to cover you up? Huh? All right, there we go. There we go. Yeah, I can take this side, roll it up, and make you a little pillow. How you like that? There you go. <sighs> Can't really get into my pajamas. I still got to take the garbage out. I'm going to roll this blunt and uh, smoke this pain away. Sure, I'm glad I didn't hit my head. I, I ain't... My aunties didn't, um, my auntie in the family room, she asked what that was. I said something fell off a shelf. And I, I wasn't going to tell my aunties shit because my older auntie would probably want to call the ambulance. And we ain't going to no spittle. Uh, not today. Not tomorrow. I don't like spittles. They kill black people. I think that hospital killed my doll. I'm feeling in my heart they didn't fight to bring her back. As hard as they would fight for white folks. A lot of things are making me really dislike this gutter race called Caucasians. I know I got taken by a person-by-person basis. I can't lump them all in one pot like they do us. It seems like enough of them sure are anti-black that makes this whole country real hard to live in. But I'll never flee from it. Nope. This is my home. And this color doesn't run. I've never fled anywhere. I was born here, so I'm going to live here. I'm going to exist here, and if need be, I'm going to fight and die here. You ain't going to find me over there in Mother Africa.
might go visit. I don't know who I take, but I ain't going there to live. Shit, this this is my spot. Yes, Lord, this is my spot. It's my castle, and I need you. Oh shit. I was gonna listen to some some oldies, but this pain kinda got me uh got me hurting. I gotta try to hurry up and roll this blunt up, you know, and oh shit. Damn. Here we go. Everything's cool. Everything's cool. Didn't drop shit. Almost did. Now I can't find my damn blade. Shit. That's always something. Man. I'm at to. I'm at to cut it with this uh. These scissors. I can't find my blade. Where is my blade? Usually on my table. This is when I need Miss Eagle Eye Nini. She could find everything. I think it's too dark in here. Why I don't see it? Hold on. Shit, I forgot. She had the same kind of knife and shit. I now put it up. All right. Didn't have to use the scissors after all. I got two uh, orders today. And I got those all packed away, ready for tomorrow. Uh, I think maybe I'll uh, I'll put Juanita's battery in her scooter and take it around the block a few times. It's going to feel funny that I don't have her by my side. And then maybe this week, I'll go ahead and put that new carburetor on Goldilocks. If I'm not going to ride them, at least I want to see them all lit up. Especially her bike. I took my time and did her bike right because I wanted when she said she wanted it to light up, I wanted hers to look way better than mine, in which it does. She liked it. She really liked it. I remember she was smiling from ear to ear last summer. Came around the block, that motherfucker was lit all up, going through all the different phases of lights. My baby was happy, yo. I didn't know that was going to be our last summer riding on. The Mighty High took her on the 3rd of July. This damn cottonwood tree had her and myself damn near trapped in this house because all that white stuff floating through the air had both of us going through the blues. I don't know 
I'ma do. Every day I feel naked like I left home without my watch. You know, that was my true soulmate. And I'm a firm believer now that they say that there's always somebody for somebody, somebody for everybody. Because at the time that I met her and stuff, I wasn't looking to get into a relationship. I, you know, we played dominoes. I was looking for just maybe a companion. But when that woman saw everything that I was dealing with at home, she decided that she wanted to be with me. And that made me feel good. I was scared when I had the stroke, though, because I thought she was going to leave me. Because who wants to be with a gimp? You know, I woke up able-bodied. I mean, I went to sleep with a hell of a headache. Able-bodied. And I woke up not feeling my left side. Even... My face was crooked. Now I got to walk with a cane. She didn't leave me. She stuck to me tighter. That's when I knew she's the one for me. Because she reminded me of how my grandmother took care of my granddaddy after... He had his heart attack and stroke. Oh, I see my neighbors done turned on their lights, so I can see that they're in their family room looking this way. So what they see now is nothing but a curtain. Peeping time, motherfuckers. Y'all gotta hold on a second. I'm closing my drapes. Biofreeze on my shoulder. Uh, he hurts to try to rotate my arm, man. Damn. Rather it fell on my shoulder and then hit my head. I gotta pick up that stuff off the garage floor. <laughs> I tripped on a damn socket that I left on the floor. Looked around to see if I had any more. Laying around there, I didn't. That could have went bad. But then again... No, I ain't gonna say that. I just keep that one to myself.
it was just Antonio and I in the meeting. A uh, few people came. Kwame came for a little bit, and we had to go. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to take my auntie's car, take the tire off the car, one that's flat, so I got, you know, a little extra money. I can buy a used tire. Then I'll be able to drive it around the block. I need to put this battery conditioner thing that I bought. It's fully conditioned. This one battery that I'm going to go ahead and put it in my grandmama's car. fair to say I'm still having a hard time dealing with this because I honest to God really felt it should have been me not her her kids and grandkids need her they don't need me I ain't nobody really to them except the person that loved and married their mama don't need me. Hell, I don't even need me. Got an email from the brother that I talked to on Black Junction TV. And just said, man, that that Jewish teacher really did a job on you. Say he hates her, his damn self, and he doesn't even know me or her. I guess that's when my counselor would say she doled out a life-changing comment. Guess so, cause shit, I was just in second grade, just getting into the second grade. That was the start of the year. Bitch called me a walking piece of shit. <coughs> and I haven't felt highly about myself ever since. Of course, it was artificially inflated and filled when my grandfather was still alive because he always made me feel important, loved, talk about some real deep things, you know. I 
I remember the day he taught me how to operate the riding lawnmower, not the one that I got now, or the first one when they first had this house built. It was a craftsman just like what we got, but it was a, it's a little yellow machine, little riding machine. Didn't have like cup holder like this one got. It was only like seven horsepower where this one is 14. I remember him saying that I made him proud because I knew how to work the brake and I didn't run into not one thing. Not a tree, not the fence pole, not my swing set that was back there at the time. I still got memories. So all I really got is just keep remember the good times. Now I made one of the twins happy by selling her Nini's car. And then I made my brother-in-law real happy by selling him the Cadillac because it's uh Chrysler 300 took a shit and we had to get some wheels back up under him so he didn't lose that job. He's making $30 an hour of security. And so because we are family, I'm taking payments. I told the twin, you know, give me $100 out of each check and her and her boyfriend in August gave me 200 so that, that I can work with that. I'm only selling it to her for $2,200, so I got two more, 2000 more to go with her. And uh, the brother-in-law gave me $500. I sold it. It's uh, in the blue book. It was worth for how many miles and the condition that it's in. $4,700. I had it on eBay for $4,500, but I told him I sell it to him for just $4,000, so he only owes me $3,500. So, all together. <coughs> When it's all said and done, I'll be $6,000 in the red. Or is that the black? Which one is the good one? Is it the red or the black? Hold on, let me see. Alexa, when they say that you're in the red, does that mean you're negative? Hmm, I'm not sure. Bitch, you're supposed to know. I have to look it up another time. Shit, fuck it. We're a third of the way of this blunt, and uh, I don't feel no shoulder throbbing pain no more. I don't give a fuck what anybody say. This is a miracle plant. 
This ain't no drug. This is an herb. His name is now weed. It's cannabis. Yeah, I, I'll tell you the name of this motherfucker. Hold on a second. <coughs> <coughs> White cherry <laughs> gelato, gelato, twenty-six point eight five percent THC. <laughs> oh, motherfucker is strong and potent. You know I got so much of this shit. I can go ahead and I'm gonna take this to the head. Oh yeah. Because I mean, we had perfect chemistry. You know, if she's driving and I'm dumping out of the window and she watching my back, and now that I don't have her on my team and stuff, man, I'm getting fucked up left and right. Still doling out punishment, but it's tricky when you don't have nobody that loves you to really likes playing that game and damn near knows every crevice of of the hiding spots and stuff i mean we work like a damn a duck in water man but i still got all them good memories so i gotta stop daydreaming a lot because couple of people and stuff they called me daydream and they were talking to me and I didn't hear nothing because I was remembering those good times that's really all I got you know this on anybody to lose a soul mate I didn't have my aunties I had to take care of and these two fur babies I would have wrapped up a long time ago because it just seems like right now I'm not living I'm merely just existing Taking my daughter and my grandbaby to see the nun tomorrow. She doesn't have to work. We saw the preview of that when we went to go and see that that uh mega that shark movie Jaws two or whatever the fuck it was. It was all right. Jaws was always gonna be better. I didn't go to that movie expecting it to be way better than Jaws because Jaws. I went and saw Jaws and shit when I was like six years old with my mom. <laughs> and when that lady poured all that gas on her and shit and the dumb bitch fired that flare gun and blew herself up, 
I had nightmares about that shit for years, man. Now I just had nightmares about the shit I saw in prison and them people that cameraman zoomed in on jumping out of the Twin Towers. Still got that one coming through. Things ain't never going to be the same. Juanita bought a feel of norm, normalcy in this house. You know, we played music. Like my grandparents and my auntie used to play music. and It was pleasant to come home to somebody that you knew was waiting for you. Couldn't wait to see you again. I'd give anything to hug and kiss her just one more time. I'd give anything just to run back time. So I could have been there to drive her. I know she overexerted herself driving. Posted up those. Uh, I got these new uh, solar glasses because uh, we got a solar eclipse coming in uh, in October, and then we got another one coming in um, what April of 2024. <coughs> I'll be damned. We bought. Bought a collection of Snoop Dogg's wine, and that shit all came yesterday. And I got five bottles of this shit. I only have my baby to bring in the new year. Guess I'm gonna be alone. So I. Deal with it, you know. It is what it is, you know. I couldn't stop it. She kept saying death comes in threes. You know, I had my my grandmother's sister down the street to go first. And my grandmother can't count fluff because she's not human. She thought it was going to be one of her nephews. And because they are sickly, you know, I, I agreed as probably so. Oh boy, was I wrong. 
she was number three. Now I'm fucked up, heartbroken, lonely, worried for her kids, our kids, and the grandkids. I'll never, they'll never see me break down. I put a nice stone face on when they come through. So, you know, everything's copacetic while they're here. And then as soon as they leave, then I can rubber band back to how I really feel. And, you know, it kind of hard putting on a stern face when all you want to do is really Get to that other side. Be with your soul, mate. Nah. I wouldn't wish how I'm feeling on anybody. Because when you have some really deep, true black love, and it's here today, but gone tomorrow. It definitely hits different. It really hits different. machines to my doctor one more time this time I'm gonna show him pictures because he thinks that they're full-size these are European models you know like the scaled down ones that still sit on the floor hold over 300 cans 150 bottles if I decide to convert it to bottles but I keep it in cans because you get more profit I want to keep one of the pop machines thinking about offering them both candy machines and one pop machine for $1,500 all three of them it's $500 a pop motherfuckers cost me $1,800 each but they made me my money within what a year and a half everything else been profit until what 2014 when Multimatic moved out of the state I was still in prison and I went into prison in 2012 and my auntie kept my smoke shop going at the Trade Center and her and my grandma kept those vending machines going. 
so glad James was there to help with Multimatic. Told him that they were moving because he's the one that was able to take them up and put them in the storage unit. That's a damn shame that this crazy pill popping baby mama killed him. I didn't even get to enjoy hanging out with him off of parole. She killed him when I was on fresh on parole. That fucked me up. P.O. didn't want me to go to the fucking funeral. I was like, look, bitch, I'm going to go to the funeral and you can be here when I get back. Take me back to prison, but I'm going to the fucking funeral. She ain't sending me back. This is a hard-nosed ass bitch. Kayla Bryant. Can't find this bitch. Not that I'm looking for the bitch, but a lot of motherfuckers said that they like to reach out and touch her because she's dirty. And she is a dirty ass bitch. A mammy. She's probably got one of them white boyfriends and shit like the baby mama do. No, I ain't gonna roll nothing else up, man. I'm, I think I'm gonna. I'm just going to finish this uh, stream and kick back and just think about the old times, good times. I don't have anybody but this computer to talk to now. <clears throat> I talk to the fur babies and everything, but, you know, they don't talk back. Well, they talk back the way that they know how to talk at barking, but... It's not the same. It, it, it was great when all four of us would just be up here or down in the basement and they'd just be talking to us, both of them. They'd be in unison, just talking. <laughs> I love how Nene interacted with them. It only took three days for her to win over Lily. It's taking a little longer with Brianna, but Lily's coming around. She just doesn't like when people come and then go. She doesn't like people to leave. I know where she gets that from. Yeah. Miss Fluff taught her that. I guess I, I am blessed, so... Because I can die happy and say that I know how it feels like to really be loved and to love. I mean, the fur babies, they love me. My aunties say they love me. I think they just tolerate me. Yeah, I had a good run. The 51 years is going. Don't know how many more I got. But they could have gave me another at least 10 years with Juanita. 
because nine was nowhere near enough. And on that note, black family, keep your head on a swivel. Watch over our elderly and our babies. Be safe out there. Good morning, Black family. Sada coming at you with only two and a half hours worth of sleep. Maybe I should have took that damn sleeping pill after all. That brother Phil up here, he, uh, he's going to tell us about how shitty these Democrats are. Which I've already known that for quite a long time. Uh, now I put the remote control somewhere. Now I can't find this motherfucker. This about a bitch. Shit. Oh, here it's on the floor. This is about uh, it's about thirty minutes. Today in the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Eric Adams is speaking a different tune than he were exactly a year ago. Now we know that Governor Abbott here in Texas has been sending migrants from across the border in our state. We have been flooded with migrants. We are one of the first states they come to. All our tax dollars and resources as Texans have been going to this issue. And when people like Eric Adams and many others say that their cities were sanctuary cities, Governor Abbott has said, well, you know what? This is good because since they're sanctuary cities, we can give them some of these people so they won't take Texas resources. But I want you to hear exactly what Eric Adams said about a year ago about what he's gonna what he feel about New York City and all that with the sanctuary. Let's play roll You you pledged uh, during your campaign to uh, keep New York City a sanctuary a city. Do you have any concern that that, that policy uh, is is is, for, is attracting more people to the border, more people across the border to make that danger? Okay. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, this city has always been a sanctuary city, and we've always managed those who wanted to come to uh, New York City to pursue the American So you clearly heard him say about a year ago that New York City is a sanctuary city. He's going to continue that policy of New York being a sanctuary city. That's some bullshit. He did not say, you know what, let me talk to the people. Let me get their input. Let me have some town halls all over of the different boroughs of New York and see what the people say about their resources going to people who didn't even work and contribute to the tax base of New York City. He didn't do any of that. He wanted to keep a Democrat policy because you have to understand, if you vote for Democrat, you better believe you're voting for that policy. You may not like the Republicans, but the Republicans is not pushing that. 
And as a Texas resident, I'm good with that for Republicans. I support Republicans all day long when it comes to immigration and the border. Because in our state of Texas, everybody tries to flood this state on top of people who's coming over here to this state as citizens, right? We've been having a mass influx of people in the state of Texas. And we've also been having a lot of illegal immigrants coming to this state too, right? But at least the people who are coming to the state who are citizens, they're paying their taxes. They're doing what they're supposed to do. So there's no issue and no problem for them. Now, I want you to hear what Eric Adams said just recently in New York about all the migrants coming to New York City. That's less than what one year makes. The point. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Mm. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. Well, he wasn't saying that about a year ago, was he? He said it's going to destroy New York. And I've been seeing the videos, and I, I agree with Mayor Adams. I totally agree. Even when I went to New York the last time, that city has went down, y'all. Even in Times Square area. It, I mean, these people are just about everywhere. You got homeless uh, people. It's, it's went down a lot. So, yeah, I, I agree with Mary Adams on this. One time we were just getting Venezuela. Now we're getting Ecuador. Now we're getting Russian-speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're getting uh, Western Africa. Now we get people from all over the globe that made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. Everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We have a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. And that's not fair to New Yorkers at all. And you know, of course, we speak more to the black community. That's not fair to black uh, people in New York. That's not fair. They already suffer in New York as it is. We all jacking all the prices up, gentrifying all our people out of areas. They saying that even in places that used to be a quote unquote low income areas, they're paying eighteen hundred dollars a month for those areas. So you got the gentrification. And those people running around, even committing crimes, as we have seen and shown on our guys the news channel. Listen, to all of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you ask me a question about migrants, tell me what role you play. How many of you organize? to stop what they're doing to us. How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this man is trying to do and then destroy New York City? So come to your neighborhoods. All of us are going to be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now, 110,000. The city we knew without the roots. And we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island said, send them out to Manhattan. 
Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. It's like the game you can play. You know, I, I I feel for him. I know I genuinely feel for him. I, I, I'm not really talking down, and I'm not even being sarcastic. I feel for him because he's got put in a trick bag situation. You see, when you black politicians take on the mantra of the Democrats, and then you have to deal with the brunt of the mantra of the Democrats, talking about immigration, illegal immigration, and sanctuary cities, look what's happening to Mayor Adams. Biden is not supporting him at all. He's not getting no federal uh, help, no federal funds, anything. He keeps screaming about he needs federal funds. He's saying the, telling the governor, uh, Governor Hopeful in New York, hey, what's going on? But the moment he say, okay, I'm going to start sending these people out of New York, they're they going to go to other places. All of a sudden, now he wants to complain on them. So, so, so they, the New York City, which is not fair, they got to take on the brunt of these people and let's call it what it is this is not your doctors and lawyers are coming over here this isn't your uh skill uh trades that's coming over here these are people that even in their homeland they they was just basically basic labor right so you couldn't even say that these are your higher quality people you know in the area of skills i'm gonna say the skills coming in and they're coming in, they're even entitled when they get here. They're committing crimes, that's been shown. They're attacking people, they're stealing. They're doing all kinds of things in New York City. But if you say something about it, you're xenophobic. Now they're calling Mayor Adams xenophobic for that video. But nobody is giving no money to New York City to help Mayor Adams in this issue and problem. Brandon Johnson out in Chicago, as you know, I went to Chicago uh, last month and did a, a series of interviews out there in Chicago. And they spent, you know, from what I was told then, $76 million of taxpayer money for illegal immigrants in Chicago. When you have a homeless population, mostly of black Americans, in that city. The interesting part is that Brandon Johnson is so much of a lackey for the Democrat, he actually trying to make comments about what Mayor Adams is saying, and he got the same issue and problem. Tyrone Muhammad said that these immigrants that's coming in here are actually being starting now being recruited for gangs, and now they're getting involved with criminality in Chicago. And you still cool with them coming in there? When we talk about you get what you vote for, this is what we're talking about here. Nothing about what the Democrats are pushing. How does that benefit black people in Chicago? How does that benefit black people in New York? Or anybody in New York or Chicago? Not just black people, but you know, us, we focus on what we focus on, we stay in our lane. How does that benefit black people in Los Angeles? How does that benefit black people in Washington, D.C.? How does that benefit you? See, these Democrat cities and these Democrat policies is hurting black folk on top of everything else. So they don't give us anything as a community 
and they're dumping people from the third world, let's call it what it is, into our communities, into everybody else's community, and it's supposed to be our problem. See, let me liken it to like this. What if I told you that you got to take some people from wherever they come from, and these five people got to go live in your house, and they don't come in with no job, no resources, and they in your house, and they got to stay there in your house. All of you who listening to me will be angry if they had to go live in your house. You'll be pissed off. You'll be mad if they're contributing to the house, but they eat up all your food. They 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 cutting all the lights on. They they're they're doing wear and tear in your house. Then they then they have an arrogant attitude demanding you feed them in your house. Grown people bringing their cheering and everything in your house. You will be pissed off and want them thrown out. But what if the government say you can't throw them out? If you throw them out, we're gonna put you in jail. So now you got people in your house. And you can't do nothing about it. You got to be spending all your resources on grown people, on children that's not even belong in your household. None of you would put up with that. And surely these Democrat politicians wouldn't put up with it either. See, Joe Biden wouldn't have these people in his house with his wife in, in, in Delaware, would he? Kamala, what about the head of the DNC, uh, Jamie Harrison? Would he have them in his house? See, none of these politicians are pushing that mess. It's not going to deal with the issue because they're in their gated communities. They're in Martha's Vineyard. Understand what I'm saying? They, they're enjoying themselves. They are there in Lake Tahoe somewhere, just, just having a vacation. They don't have to deal with these issues and problems, but the issues and problems are going to be you. And I noticed it's interesting how these black mayors is getting the brunt of it. I know it, you have you, you always notice how the black mayor is always gonna get the front of the problem. And where's the Democrats? The Democrats are not assisting these black mayors at all. That's why I don't understand you black folks who are Democrats. They use and abuse you, and you still hold on to that freaking party. And then your only comeback is where well, at least they not like Trump. At least they not like the Republicans. Um Trump wanted to dump all the people in, in your freaking uh, uh, city. See, if Trump was in office, you know good and well. You would have called Trump and say, hey, get them out of here. And Trump would be like, okay, I'm getting them all out. You know good and well he would have did that. I told y'all before, I know someone personally who worked on that border. And I asked them, I say, what president had the border more secure? Is it Trump or was it Biden? Because I wanted to know. And he said when Trump was in office, it was actually more uniform. They were staying in Mexico. They had that stay in Mexico policy. And they wasn't crossing over here like that. He said, but the moment Biden got elected and got into office, it's like the floodgates went over. And they just he said they come in in droves every day, wearing out our border personnel. Every day. But all these resources go to, to people who are not even citizens, but when black Americans are saying, hey, we need resources, like I went to Chicago, they, they're trying to you know, not do nothing for the school, they're moving principals and, and not giving resources to the black community in these same Democrat cities. But we don't supposed to say anything about that. 
Because if we say stuff about it, oh, you must be MAGA. You must support MAGA and all that. Why every time when we talk about the Democrats and what they do to black people, we got to be MAGA? And, and even if somebody did support Trump, so what? What are you going to do about it? That's a, that's a dumb thing I always got to tell you. What are you going to do about it? If, if somebody supports Trump. Yeah, some of these silly black folks make y'all afraid to, to actually uh, think about your family, yourself, your actual community. Because there's no way I can support the Democrat Party with having this open border policy. And this is what they agree with, open borders. You see a Democrat mayor right now saying that his city is about to be destroyed by their policies. And yet, where y'all at on that, Democrats? Why y'all not helping that man? This is y'all policy right here, Sanctuary City. But at the same time, Eric Adams, I don't feel sorry for you in another sense because if you really meant what you were saying, you would get up on TV and say, hey, sanctuary city status is done. This is not a sanctuary city. No more. Because we got enough with our own people here. We can't take on no more. We're not a sanctuary city. As a matter of fact, I'm about to get on the phone and, t- and tell uh, 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 ICE to come on over here and get them on out of the city. Get them on. They got to go. They can't be here. And I guarantee you, if he said that, they'll leave on their own out of New York City. They wouldn't have to come pick them up. This is what happens when you follow Democrat policy. And see, it's all good talking about Democrat policy until it comes to your neighborhood. And then black folks are going to be complaining like they were complaining in Chicago. We as black people have to look at every policy that the Democrats are pushing. And they're not pushing no policies to protect black people, to help fund black people, or anything. Even after Jacksonville, they're not, they have not mentioned one word about any kind of laws they want to put on the books to protect black America. Not a one. What your vice president is doing, she out there cutting the jeans. That's what she's doing right now. She's hanging out with black folk and, and, and cutting the jig, but she's not mentioning anything about protecting black people. When did she go to New York City and go talk to Mayor Adams and say, hey, you know, we got to fix this issue and problem? No, because that's their policy. Look, their, their mindset is this. We know the black community is getting tired of us because we're not going to give them anything. We just not. We're white supremacists. We're not doing that. And so every day the jig is is is, is 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 up with them. So their mindset is I flood America with people from the third world. And we wanna we wanna get them to vote. And because we can get them to, we can get them some sort of register to vote, because look look at what they're doing in a lot of these Democratic states. Some of them now can be cops. They're not even citizens, they can be cops. They can be first responders, and they're not even citizens. I think Illinois has just done that. Well, now you got people who are not even citizens of the United States to be police officers. How is it that you're going to be law enforcement and you're a freaking lawbreaker? Well, hell, you might want well to end a criminal in, 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 the, in the county jail become a cop now. You might as well. 
because, oh, there's a shortage. Well, why is there a shortage of police officers? Because the people are not putting up with some freaking thugs in a badge. So so they, so they, a lot of these, these cops, they feel like, well, I can't go out there and beat people up no more. I can't go shoot people 17 times without it, it being an uprising. So I don't want nothing to do with that no more. The job's not fun no more. Right? So you're like, okay, fine. I'm going to use these people and see the strategy. I told you the strategy was this. Let's use non-white people to enact white supremacy. So if they beat somebody else, you can't say, hey, it's white supremacy. Hey, they were hippie. So it wasn't, wasn't white. Oh, hey, they were Hispanic. They wasn't white. Hey, they were black like you. Like, um, this dude from Brazil. No, he's black. So so it can't be white supremacy. That that's, that is the, uh, uh, the, the, the stage they're working on. Using non-white people in all these types of positions of power to enact white supremacy to neutralize black America from saying the terms white supremacy from coming at it like that. And so white supremacy can absolve itself while they're using these other people. This is why they got to import people from the third world to do it. Because these people come over here, some of them only made two or three dollars a day. They give them a job making eight dollars, nine dollars. Well, shoot, they feel like they need made. And made hit the lottery, right? So hell yeah, I'm gonna be a loyal to white supremacy. That's why they do it, folks. And they know that's not gonna work with you as black America. They know this. So this is their sinister plan and why the Democrats are flooding America like this. The Democrats know what they're doing to these cities. They know what they're doing to you, but they don't care. You understand? This is all in their wicked plan to try to maintain white supremacy through non-white people. But, there's a but to this. That that particular plan is going to fail. Because these non-white people aren't white. Even though they will be on the team, they're going to have people defect constantly because they're going to kind of see some things and they're going to want power for themselves, those groups. They're like, why we got to be beholden to them? Shoot, we, we got the numbers now. We don't need these people. And that's what's going to end up happening in the end. These people going to like, we don't run the yard. Then. We don't look at them. You know what I'm saying? This, this, is, this is a strategy of um, desperation and basically. Because they know they don't really have the numbers like that. No matter how much they fund the white numbers, they don't have the numbers. Becky isn't having children like that. This is why when you see them try to get rid of uh, abortion with Roe v. Wade, it was to force Becky to have children. This is why a lot of states are now starting to look at clamping down on no-fault divorce. Because they're tired of Becky uh, uh, having the ability to get rid of her husband. It has nothing to do with nobody else. They all go back to them controlling Becky and making Becky stay with them. You understand what I'm saying? It goes all the way back to that. This is why they're, even though I agree with this, they're trying to get rid of things like permanent alimony because they don't want white men feel like, well, I don't want to get married to these women because, you know what I'm saying, I'm losing out too much. So what they're going to start doing is taking away all those uh, weaponizations of ending marriage and, and go back to making marriage where, you know, it's better for me to stay married than for me to get out of and I'm getting a bag out of. Because all this is to incentivize Becky to start having children. Listen, in Russia, they were paying white women in Russia to have children. Paying them. 
They would have did it here, but this is the problem. They can't just say, well, we want to pay white women to have children. They can't do that because they'll have to pay everybody. And they surely don't want a bunch of black children in here, right? So that strategy don't work for them here. So that's why they say, well, that's what they don't import. Uh, uh, the majority of people gonna come from Latin America. Even if it's like that, but the majority of people, if you look at the, the who's coming in, are coming from Latin America, but particularly from Venezuela, uh, Guatemala, uh, El Salvador, Nicaragua, uh, some definitely from Mexico, in certain countries, even the African continent. Not everybody's coming over here. The majority of people who's coming over here, based off of what the numbers say, is uh, Nigerians, uh, some Ghanaians, uh, Ethiopians, Somalis, Eritreans, people like that. You don't have, you know, a bunch of a flood of Kenyans or a bunch of South Africans or a bunch of people from Botswana and Namibia coming over here. Certain countries that these people come from because they can say, oh, well, I got war in my country and oh, it's hard over here. Now, Ghana don't have a war like that, but what they do is pick places like Ghana where they try to take the, the, the best of the best people, best minds and try to bring them over here. That's what they try to do. Put them in HBCU or put them in uh, MIT, Harvard, Yale, or whatever. You know, put them underneath the black, but yet they don't want a black mirror. You understand what I'm saying? It's all a game. It's like it's like it's not hard to see the, the, the playbook, especially when you talk to people who are uh, in, in the motherland uh, and, and talk to black immigrants. So you gotta talk to everybody, and that's what that's how I do. Because you won't, won't understand white supremacy if you don't talk to everybody and understand what the strategy is and how it's moving and where we even stand as Black Americans. Now you may say, well, what can we do as Black Americans? But what we can do is number one, unify with our community, and that's going to start locally. First of all, it's going to start personally in your personal family. If you unify with your wife, your husband, your children, create something. You get the point. You can hire your own children, hire your family, get with other family members, get with friends that's from the family that think the same. And then that's how things are grown to start a mass unification of something. It doesn't, you don't wake up one day and everybody's unified on something. It takes up drastic for that, like a George Floyd, right? That's not going to happen every day. But you say we got to unify and work together as a cohesive group so we all on our own. We have to remember what Dr. John Henry Clark said we have no friends. But since we have no friends nowhere, we need to work with each other. Either you unify or you nearly die. That's really what it is. I've said that many times, and it's the truth. It's not vote or die, it's unify or die. Now, some people be fine. Some people have the mindset, you know, like say, I have the mindset. I, I'm working with my personal family. I'm working with my children. Two of my children work for me. And that, and that and I'm proud to say that I have two of my daughters on the payroll working to help with this platform. And if any of my children need a job, say, Dad, I need a job. Okay, I'm going to make a job for you. And you got to do your job or I'll fire you behind. It's just that simple. I will fire you. I tell them all that. Don't think that you're my children. I'm going to let you just get away with BS. I'm actually going to be hard on you than anybody else. I expect more out of you. You understand? So we need to work with each other, build things up, 
you can't like the Asians. See, Asians, even though they got a, a, a footing, they're definitely a lot better than black people. But they, the Asians focus on their economy. They focus on working together as a people. You know what the Asians do? They, they, they. From what I was uh, uh, told, how they move is that they get families together and they have a pool. So let's say like this particular person wants to open up a nail shop, and it's gonna cost let's say a hundred thousand dollars to get this nail shop open, right? And because they're in this pool of people, but everybody is gonna contribute ten thousand dollars to put in for this one to get the nail shop, right? So they they contribute. Now they, they put they put their money in the pool and get it done. Then when the next person wanna open up a dry cleaner, the next person wanna open up a restaurant, the next person wanna open up um, a massage parlor. They all putting in to get this open. Well instead of saying, oh and you know, instead of stopping the excuses, because we have too many excuses to black people. Well, they got money like that. Them people, if you study their history, they ain't come over here with a lot of money like that. No, every group, even Hispanics, movers like that, working with each other. You see Arabs, Indians, everybody working with each other. If you look at black folk, you're the flyest people out there. Every joint that come out, you're on your feet. You got rings, watches, you're driving Mercedes, Lexus, uh, 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 everything you got on. Some of you win. Some of you talking about fit check and all that stuff you're doing. All that money you're wasting, you could be putting together and, and, and creating stuff. Even when people talk about travel, well, these, well, these white people, I think it was annoying me the other day about that, that comment. Well, white people got more money to travel. No, actually, what you're wearing on your body, that one outfit is a round strip ticket internationally. You, know, you can do a kind of, you go to Google Flights and Google Flights uh, show you in inexpensive tickets all the way up to expensive tickets. So don't tell me you don't have $800 or $900 to travel when I'm looking at you wearing $2,000 on your body. Your purse costs more than that. Your car notes, some of y'all, uh, it costs more than $900 a month. Some of you. So what are you talking about? No, no, we got to get ourselves in, in order as a community because you, as time going along, you ain't going to tell these people like you're talking about. See, y'all think. Alright, we got the prepper. So let's see what he's about to say, alright. Are you freaking serious right now? The IRS has said that they are deploying artificial intelligence to catch tax evaders across the United States of America. This is absolutely irresponsible by our government to be chasing the lower ninety percent and purposefully and willfully and right out in the open in the worst corruption that we have ever seen, letting the people in the top 1% get away with everything in this world. North Korea is ready to North Korea is ready to conclude an agreement on the supply of weapons to the country of Russia, according to the Financial Times. Pyongyang will be offering ammunition, rocket launchers, short and long-range ballistic missiles, and all of this, they say, will help Russia repel a Ukrainian counteroffensive. Now, publications out there are right now saying that if North Korea does provide Russia with any sort of ammunition, with short-range or long-range missiles, we are going to see a regime change in 
side of North Korea. Now, for anybody who isn't used to the American idea of a regime change, that means for some reason, the public will get behind the U.S. administration and all of NATO, most likely, moving against North Korea. We will see this come to terms. The Romanian and the U.S. navies are conducting joint exercises, one called Sea Breeze 23 in the Black Sea. Military personnel from Bulgaria, Great Britain, France, Turkey, and Ukraine are taking part in this exercise. It will be launching from the 11th to the 15th, and isn't it interesting that we have a September 11th exercise starting off here. And what we see now is a new direction in this conflict. Russia already said that this is a grave mistake by NATO. They've warned that any coming together against Russia, especially in a direction from these other nations like France or like uh, Turkey, like Bulgaria, Great Britain, this is being seen as a huge escalation in this war. The Biden administration right now in the USA is sending or preparing to send Ukraine long-range army tactical missile systems. This will help them fight against Russia in a takeover of that nation. They are coming, said one official who has access to security plans. The official noted that, as always, these plans are subject to change until they are announced by the administration. But another official, speaking on a condition of anonymity, said that the missiles are on the way. Another said they're on the table, likely to be included in the upcoming security package, and they've added that the final decision will be released to the public when it is to them. It could be months before Ukraine receives these missile systems. In July, you'll remember that the National Security Advisor said that the U.S. would take the risk, but they implied that sending these weapons would lead to a direct war between the USA and Russia. They say there are certain capabilities that the president has, and he is provide, uh, prepared to provide Ukraine with these capabilities to escalate this fight. One of them is the long-range missile systems that have a range of 300 kilometers. The U.S. believes that the, there are key goals of the United States to help Ukraine defeat Russia. They say that the circumstances that we are heading toward a world war cannot be ignored, and the Aspen Security Forum recently saw the uh, direction of what we're heading to, and they have said that, look, we are ready for war. Just a year later, at the exact same event, Sullivan said that there's less definitive movement against Russia. He's spoken with the president of the USA and Zelensky of Ukraine. They said they continue to have near daily and weekly conversations. When pressed on the matter, they said that no firm decisions have been made, but they will send these missile systems to Ukraine if necessary. As the president said, Kirby added, they're not off the table. We have a high viability of these weapons types, and they say that the range of these systems will be a game changer. Now, we are recently providing new rocket systems and multiple launch rocket systems to Ukraine, and Russia has right out in the open said, if you do this, you're crossing another red line. Now, in the USA, 70% of Americans say that they are stressed about their personal finances. 52% say that their financial stress is increasing month after month. 21% say that they rely solely on social security and other means for their sole income. Now, if you look back just a couple of years, it was only 13%. So you can really see how 
the USA is turning into a third world country every single quarter. The country of Romania is creating a network of bomb shelters. They're also creating a network of air threat warning systems to protect the population. In each area that borders the uh, south of the Odessa region, the Romanian authorities are creating bomb shelters and systems to alert the population of air threats. This decision was made by the National Committee, uh, Committee in the country for emergency situations. Now I'm going to ask you, what's the USA doing? Nothing. Not a damn thing. They're telling you it's fine while they are arming up against the largest land war in Europe since World War II. We have men fighting in ditches. We have them lobbing grenades at each other. We have them taking each other hostage. We have them shooting as they run. We have tanks being exploded. We have rockets being shot. We have planes being taken out of the air. We have drones being launched and drones being downed. And here in America, people act like nothing is wrong. Just on Wednesday, the Romanian ministry confirmed that debris from Russian drones in an attack against Ukraine have landed in the Romanian territory. Now, previously, we had officials in Bucharest deny this. The NATO Security General or Secretary General said that there is evidence that this has happened and that after withdrawing from the grain deal, Russia has been attacking port infrastructure and targets that are near the region. Some of them are located in the south of Odessa, right near the Romanian border. Now, NATO says that they will stand together, stand strong with Romania. The USA has said that they will support Romania in a war against Russia. They have said they will support Poland in a war against Russia, support Germany, and France is standing behind us too. The real danger here is that when you have so much forward motion, the taste for blood doesn't get out of the mouths of men. And so what they're going to do is they're going to want Russian territory. They're going to want their access to oil. They're going to want their ports, want their grain, want their everything. And that taste and thirst for blood will not be quenched unless some sort of financial transaction takes place that gives the people that are bloodthirsty a quenching, or unless they lose. Russia is prepared to risk it all in this war. And they've said that the entire world will see nuclear war and nuclear fallout if NATO comes against them and if the security of Russia is threatened. Let me tell you that right now, every official inside of Russia believes that the security of Russia is threatened. They believe that the so-called territorial integrity is threatened. And it was warred against. It was That red line was crossed as soon as the Ukrainian helicopters flew inside of Russian territory to light those oil depots on fire. That was months and months and months ago. Now we have drones being launched from inside of Russia against Moscow. Could you imagine if New York City was under attack by drones? What about Miami, Florida under attack by drones? What about California under attack by drones? Launched from within the country. Could you imagine the amount of fear that would be driving the American people to say, nuke whoever is doing this? Well, that's the same sentiment that these Russian people are feeling right now. And we see a lot of them speaking out and saying it's time to be done with this. Now, Russia has a lot more, uh, I, I guess, integrity in their calls for action than the American people. Russia has said, nuke them, take them out, drive them to biological war, send the chemical weapons, and do whatever. Now, 
This is where it gets stirred because at the beginning of this broadcast, we talked about North Korea working closely together with Russia. And in that cooperation, in that agreement, you can bet that Russia is going to hand over to North Korea. There's a high likelihood of this, that Russia will hand over to North Korea some tools that North Korea can use against South Korea, Japan, the Philippines, and the United States of America. Now, what if we see Russia give Iran, we see Russia give North Korea the tools that they need to spread a disease or to launch some sort of radioactive device even an EMP that changes our world forever. Are you prepared for that? An EMP that turns your lights off, are you prepared for that? Now, no one can be fully, fully prepared because let's face it, we don't have 60 years worth of supply chains working on our own. They've ruined us with globalization and other tools that have made them more wealthy. What we do have is some hindsight, and some foresight. We can look at what has happened in the past, and we can look how to prepare for the future. Having things like a uh, bat, you know, solar generator, they're not really generators per se, they're a solar powered battery system that you can use with an inverter that'll keep your communications systems up. <clears throat> some of them are powerful enough to keep your refrigerator running, others will allow you to uh, keep the lights on so the kids aren't afraid at night. There's so many things that we can do to get ready. It starts with your pantry and it ends pretty much never. You just have to keep preparing and you have to find this point in your preparedness that you say, you know what, I think I'm good enough for now. Now next month you might see something happen and you might say, well, I guess I'm not good enough. Uh, the month after that, you might see another event and you might say, well, you know what, I need to get some pool shock. Now this pool shock, we made a survival card for our Patreon members talks about decontamination. Store-bought liquid bleach has a shelf life of one year past its creation date. It could have been on the shelves already for months by the time you get it. Pool Shop contains 70% calcium hypochlorite. It lasts up to 10 years when stored properly. According to the CDC and non-governmental organization resources, you can mix two heaping tablespoons of this Pool Shop per gallon of water. You let it sit for 30 minutes and this creates a strong chlorine solution that can disinfect areas. To make a hand washing solution, you have the ingredients on there. And then finally, to uh, make your water safety drink, we have the recipe on there. Your information that you're building, the skills that you know and the skills that you learn are what's going to help see you become an old man. I want you to be an old man and an old woman, Prepper. I want you to can your food or have canned food. I want you to protect yourself or protect other people who are innocent. I want you to be ready. And it starts today. It starts with you knowing what's going on. And that's exactly what we do here at Full Spectrum Survival every single day on YouTube. <clears throat> Please check back tomorrow. More headlines from America and from around the world. From my family to yours, please stay safe and keep watch. Your life is going to be nothing but a shit show. Welcome to Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. President Joe Biden and leaders of other G20 nations are gathering in India's 